This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID, the smart choice for MDL implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant and UL certified for all transaction modes. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AnvaCast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the Anva community. Now celebrating our 90th anniversary. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. This week is our latest installment of our Behind the Curtain series as we are talking to different members of the AMBA team during our 90th anniversary year. And this week, I am pleased to welcome Vivian Cameron. Vivian, welcome back to the AMBACast. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ian. It's, it's lovely to be back. You reminded me that I was here, I guess, a long time ago, but my, I'm getting old, so I forget things. But thank you for having me back. Well, it's kind of hard to believe that we've actually been doing this little game of our podcast long enough that people go, oh, yeah, it's been a while, but I have been on here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's, it's a wonderful product. I, I must say I listen to most of them, not all of them, but most of them. I think it's, it's, they're a great product for, for ourselves and our members, too. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's funny, you know, I guess that's probably a good place to jump in in terms of why you were here last time and kind of the primary role you play currently in the organization. And we'll talk about your journey through the organization you know, previously, but you hold a title that you always giggle when you use it yourself and people's eyebrows go up, Senior Director of Special Projects. The title is plural, but as you say, it's one very, very special project. Special project. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I have the uh, privilege and honor to be the uh, what I call myself the point person for AMBA on the uh, on Navidus, and um, really happy to have that role, play that role. I've done that for a, a, a long time, and it is a very special project. I. Um, it, it definitely is. So I, I am the the but yeah the lead for. Amva as a system operator for Nimbidus with all stakeholders and our, our partners at the Department of Justice. So, yes. So let's let's talk about that a little bit more because it is, there's some similarities of other parts of the organization, you know, where we are the operator and work with federal government, SIDLIS, and our relationship with FMCSA being uh, probably the, the most comparable, but in many ways not comparable at all because of the, the history of the platform, the relationship with the federal agency, the history of uh, what it's taken our members to come on board with Invitus over the years. Mm-hmm. Do you Can you remember and dial into what year you really started to become focused on Invitus as your, as your primary role at ANVA? Well, I would submit it happened... Um... The first year I joined AMBA, I came to AMBA uh, in a position, the vehicle program uh, manager position at the time. And of course, one of the key um, topics was Nimbidus. It was a system that already existed. It was within our um, IT division being led by our technology division, similar to SIDLIS. Um, uh, was that was Ambinet still separate at that point, or had you was not, come together? It was not. It was still part of the organization. So um, my role with Nevitas was from the vehicle program side, mm-hmm. um, and I struggled with that in terms of coming from my background um, in terms of program management. I really struggled with the program that you know was a vehicle program was really being managed as a technology solution, mm-hmm. as opposed to the 
a business program. Um, so it took some discussion and conversation for the the, the management of the you know Nubitas as a as an application, but a system solution that's solving a business problem to morph mm -hmm. into really within the vehicle program era. And that's kind of where I started to have uh, more involvement in, you know, the, the, the requirements, working with, with states, um, identifying the various components, because at that time, it was just a state program that existed because we didn't have anything further from DOJ with regard to um, regulations. So it was really upon entry into uh, AMBA that I found myself in a role with Nubitas and over time as it shifted over from the IT side to the, uh, at that time it was programs area of, of mm -hmm. AMVA, it became an AMVA program mm -hmm. under the vehicle umbrella. And at that time, how many states were on Nubitas at that? At that oh my gosh. First um, <laughs> oh my gosh. So there was a pilot program in 2008. Uh, 90, no, sorry, 1998-99. So at that time, there were probably eight or nine states that were participating in the Venice. Um, and part of the reason for the pulling it into the, the, the program side was my estimation at the time it was being presented as a system. It was a technology that states should participate in. And I my view was, well, no, I think you need to sell it as a solution to a business problem, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of our members were encountering fraud, um, you know, uncertainty about how they should and should not title a vehicle, and um, inefficiencies in terms of a vehicle being retitled in another state, and then the state taking that title that was submitted and bundling it up and shipping it to the other state, and the other state having to unbundle and update their records with the fact that this vehicle that used to be in their state is now titled in another state. A very inefficient process. So anyway, so it we started shifting it and it became, uh, we created what I call a bit of a sales pitch to the states in terms of why they uh, need to participate in Nevitas. And it's, again, as you know, Ian, the challenge of Nevitas is that it's a federal mandate right. that has no teeth. Um, right, with no consequence right. of not participating. No consequences of participating. Probably the difference, not. right, when we talk about comparing it to SIDLIS. Absolutely, yes. clearly yeah, yeah, consequences yeah. for not getting on SIDLIS, which is in large part why so many states did it so quickly. Here there was Absolutely. Less, yeah, of a, yeah. less of a hammer. And, mm -hmm. and to be clear, not a consequence from AMVA, but in this case it would have been from the Department of Justice, theoretically. Absolutely, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Now, so, again, about that, that dual part of your role as – the primary point person for Nevitas, as you as you refer to it, um, having to manage and include both elements of managing Anva's role as operating the platform and everything that operates the system on behalf of Nevitas, on behalf of DOJ, and at the same time being part of our team of subject matter experts to coach the jurisdictions on how best to use Nevitas for those business purposes that you were alluding to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a it it has been the most challenging part of, of my my time here in the role. It's, it's exactly as you outlined, recognizing that AMVA as the operator has specific responsibilities in our, our relationship with DOJ, which is contractual. Um, 
that is all within the context of the regulations and also to within how the system operates. And then at the same time, understanding our members, their challenges around participating, why they haven't, can't participate and finding that what I would call sweet spot in terms of how do we, how do we make the case to them to see where they want to participate as opposed to having to participate. And I think that's mm -hmm. been in reality, the kind of fun part of my job, you know, it's really the, that engagement with our members and really working with them, working through with them to see there really is value in participating. Um, but it is, it's a constant um, awareness of which lens I'm looking at a particular issue through. Mm -hmm. And again, unlike some of our other systems, particularly on the driver licensing side, that's very much focused on what a state agency and only state agency has to do right. there are other parties that are non-jurisdictions mm -hmm. non-primary AMVA members who mm -hmm. are required business partners in the Nvidia ecosystem yes and, and that is probably the most um challenging part of of the uh development of Nvidia over time and AMVA's engagement AMVA's role as operator is that broader stakeholder group the uh those entities are in the business of, of dealing with junk and salvage or total loss vehicles those are customers of some of our members but not necessarily amba involvement with that with that industry and those industries so these were new partners for us engaged engagements that we really haven't had to at the same level um and again as a system operator we're dealing with these individual businesses as well as their associations that represent them mm. while they're being required to participate in the program that they don't necessarily agree support but they they have to because they do have consequences for non-participation if they don't participate they are uh, subject to penalties and fines so it's an interesting dilemma so um initially with this particular program area the junk and salvage area the uh, Department of Justice is responsible for enforcement. And in the early days, they were more engaged with that sector than we were. We, from an operator perspective, we were a little bit removed from them because that engagement was led primarily by, by DOJ. However, that has diminished over time and that stakeholder, the broad stakeholder community is right now is kind of looking to AMVA for guidance leadership with regard to this. And again, that's a, that's something that we've had to step it up to to handle. Um, I think there's opportunity for us to do a better job than we have. And, you know, hopefully over the next coming years that we'll be able to focus because we really haven't had the resources to do the kind of engagement with that stakeholder, with those stakeholder communities. Because you have folks like tow operators, you know, junkyards, salvage yards, huge um, salvage auctions and salvage pools. We've got insurance companies. Again, it's such a wide range of stakeholders. Again, not unfamiliar to our members and not necessarily fully uh, unfamiliar to AMBA as an association, but the level of engagement and the relationship is different than we, we had prior to Nimbitus. Mm. So what does that mean as we... With this series where we're looking behind the curtain and different people's roles in the organization, what does that mean for you in terms of your daily work, your daily life working on Nimvidus, uh, in terms of having to 
bounce around to all those elements, whether it's the technical side of making sure the platform's operating, dealing with stakes, dealing with these stakeholders, dealing with DOJ, you know, how does that, how does that come together for you? Um, it, it, I, I'm, I am successful because I, I have um, a really great team that I work with. Um, I, the IT team, I support fully. They are, they are amazing in terms of their ability to have the platform operate uh, the way it has on a consistent level. Um, they are, they, the team is very responsive uh, where there's, where there are issues, uh, where we have opportunities to make things better. Um, so that's a fundamental part of it. The system does what it's supposed to do and it functions. So my bouncing around really is more on the programmatic side. Um, mm -hmm. I have a small team. Uh, for many years, it was myself and two other people within the business uh, solutions division that provided program management for Nvidia, and that's it's a lot because the programs that we have, we have a state program, we have the junk salvage and insurance program, and we have the consumer access program. Again, mm -hmm. very, very critical programs. Uh, we didn't have the bandwidth. So you're right, for a large number of the years, I was bouncing, and I love the choice of that word because it is, it is about bouncing. Because, you know, I start my day and I'm thinking, okay, I have these things to do, and it goes off rails because something has, you know, uh, um, bounced up on one of these program areas. So it really is a question of, Managing priorities, relying on my 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 team to to get um, get us through all of the aspects, and we you know we have um, we have working groups that really provide the system a lot of guidance and leadership and input in terms of where we're going. So it it's really hmm, and I think maybe some of it is my own slight ADD uh, tendencies is that I kind of like variety. Um, mm -hmm. It it just makes my day very engaging. Um, and I, again, I, I enjoy the engagement with our stakeholders, our members, um, but it is it is a lot. And one of the things we've done recently, uh, you'll know that we just hired a new, we've added a new position to the team, which we have somebody dedicated to the junk salvage and insurance uh, program. That's Holly Mertz from Iowa, which I think will be really great for the organization because it's a bit of a challenge if you know there's a reliance on one person me to some extent. So I'm really trying my best to, um, to ensure that there is balance um, so that from an ma ongoing management perspective, there isn't, there isn't a risk of, of, you know, one person being missed and then things fall yeah. apart. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's happening at a time where the program is at a crossroads. Right? For Absolutely. so long we've been, you, know, you talked about how when you came on there were eight states on. And now we're at a place where all but one are yes. on. And I want to come back to that definition of what it means to be on. on right? yes, but yes. It, it comes at a time where this platform is now, it's no longer that journey of you have to get on Invitus, the green Absolutely. of the map, right? That you've yes. been touring the country with for, for so many years. So yeah, talk to yeah. me about first about that that personal reflection of having gone through this journey and reached that turning point where you can look at an Invitus participation map and that is no longer the conversation you have to have with people. Absolutely. And it is what you know from being very reflective and I'll, I'll kind of go back a little further. When I first joined AMBA in my prior life in Ontario, I was aware of Novitas and in the back of my head, I had a couple of things that I wanted to, to occur. 
when I came to AMBA, I said, I'm going to get AMBA and the medicine, the Canadian jurisdictions connected. Not quite there yet. <laughs> However, we'll talk about that. But the other thing, as you said, to come on, and there were eight states uh, at the time, and I look back on my um, 19 years with the organization, and I see that we've got, you know, as you say, 50 states um, participating. It's it's phenomenal. I, I just, it, it seems like, I know it was long and it was arduous, but it just seemed like it happened. I don't even remember how we got here. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I look yes. at the map now. Um, so it has been uh, an interesting journey. And as you've said, to the point where Nevitas is now ubiquitous. People, jurisdictions use it, and it's just, if they don't have it, things things fall apart. So it's become so ingrained in their processes for uh, titling vehicles that it's easy peasy. Like, of course, we've been doing it for a long time. And it's really interesting because as, as, I, as we work with states, with the turnover of personnel, their staff members are going, you guys didn't have this before? Like, what do you, you know, so it's really interesting. It's become so or, common. Or that there were, there were predecessors in their states that were even debating, should we? Do should we, we? Absolutely. Should we do this? Should I join this? Absolutely. And, and what became easier in those conversations, Ian, is that for those, you know, um, folks in states saying, should I, should I, their surrounding jurisdictions were very helpful in encouraging them. Mm. Because what happens when you don't, you become the weak spot in terms of fraud. Right. And people right. began to see that and they, they, it, they became um, our best um, salespeople were the other states promoting to their, their members, their yeah. neighbors, Ugh, neighbors. Yeah. No, it's funny when you talk about it, you don't even know how it happened. It almost feels that for so many years it was get everybody on, get everybody on. And then all of a sudden everybody was on, but there was this over the hump there that happened when you almost weren't even, didn't even see it coming. And, like, and all of a sudden they, everybody. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is we were, like I said, we started with nine and then we'll have a couple more states and then we'll a couple more. And we had instances and opportunities where funding was provided. After the final regulations were published in, in 2009, DOJ, um, their regulations created some opportunities for states to come on board to participate um, in smaller steps. Um, so there were some you know, stages that a state could participate. When we started, the solution was a, what we call a fully integrated solution, which was a more complex system development work with the regulations being published, DOJ allowed states to participate in a different manner so they can participate by a batch, you know, so they provide their data to us in a batch mode and they do an inquiry as a separate transaction. So there were a little bit more choice offered to the jurisdiction and that's really where you started to see more movement because the fully integrated solution is a more comprehensive system development at the state level. It's basically rewriting your system app, your title system application in order to participate in the VITAS. And as you know, most states don't really have that kind of latitude to make such a, a significant technology change yeah. without funding. Right. So there was also funding offered at the time, um, not a lot, but there were opportunities for states to get some funding to help them in that system development work. So it's a, a combination of things over the years that really yeah as you say, was incremental um, in terms of movement mm -hmm. to what uh, participation. 
So now that you're here, though, and you look at, like we talk about this next chapter of Nevitas, how does it change your role, your focus, and how you continue to play that primary point, but bring that new strategic direction to where the where we go next with Nevitas? Absolutely. And it, it's interesting. It does. It is at a point now that when we look at the system being ubiquitous to Tideland, and we have this conversation that is, is ongoing within our, within our membership about e-vehicle records management and e-title, and mm -hmm. how and what role can or should Nevitas play in that. Because we now have 50 jurisdictions talking to each other, doing tri titling transactions. And so the opportunity is to determine what's the best way or can, I'm not making any predeterminations, but is what role can Nevitas play? Because regardless of what happens with uh, e-titling, states will still have to rely on Nevitas because it's required by federal law for them to check before they retitle a vehicle. So that doesn't change unless you know there's a change in the federal law. But the opportunity is, how do we, how could we, or should we, all of those questions have to be looked at. Should we leverage this platform mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, we've created uh, for to elevate, you know, the the sector in the future, and you know, it yeah. seems like a, a no-brainer, but I think it is something that requires some thoughtful consideration. But I really, I'm confident that Nevitas is at again, as you said, we're at this uh, pivotal point that we, we are positioned we to help, right? And yeah. that's that's yeah. really it. we are we're positioned to help, and that's really what's happened over these last twenty plus years has positioned the system to be fundamental to all things vehicle for our members. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned this idea that when you came in, expanding it to Canada, and that's because you came to AMVA from yes. working in Ontario. Tell me a little bit more about the, the role you're in in Ontario. Sure. Um, in Ontario, my role was, um, I was in charge of an, an area they called it an office, but I somehow it operated very differently with responsibility for driver licensing and driver examination policy, vehicle registration policy, um, motor carrier policy, um, as well as um, oversight for the distribution service distribution network. So our service centers, which were 300 plus, which were um, some were government offices, but the majority were privately run, um, uh, not quite county offices, but privately run um, contractors that we had that were delivering driver and vehicle services. The driver services were being um, delivered through our ministry offices, but vehicle registration, renewal, all of those sorts of things were being delivered through a private network. A lot of those a large number of those contracts were lifelong contracts because they were government, you know, it, just very interesting relationships. So mm -hmm. our role of oversight was ensuring consistency with policies and practices, procedures, all of that stuff. So that was really my role. And, and when I look back on it, I realize where my ability to multi-focus on mm -hmm. driver vehicles motor carrier as well as distribution services. At that time, I had a, I had a team of you know, um, 
a larger number of people working for <laughs> significantly. So you were you were working on the jurisdiction side you on the jurisdiction side in Ontario, Ministry of Transportation. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Were you an active member on the membership side at that point? Absolutely, and that's why the AMBA opportunity. So for many years, while working in Ontario in my role. I was a member of what used to be RVTDM, Registration Vehicle Title and Dealer Management Committee of AMPA, mm -hmm. um, either a member of that committee or a chair of that committee a, a number of times. I was also on the driver's side, um, did a lot of uh, activity with regard to the, um, at that time, graduated licensing program. Ontario was relatively one of the few first jurisdictions to have uh, the Kuiper program that we had. So I used to go to AMPA conferences talking about, you know, the Canadian, um, the Ontario program. So yes, very much involved um, with, with AMBA uh, during my time in Ontario, yes. And so separate from whether NIMVITIS can or should be expanded to Canadian jurisdictions, give me the quick version of the similarities and differences in those vehicle titling business processes in Canada versus the, the U.S.? Because I don't know that many of our members listening would know or recognize. Because, for mm -hmm. example, when we speak to our international partners overseas, they say, what's a title? Like, they don't exactly. even, because they don't even, it's not a thing. Yes, yes. So so I, I chuckle to myself many a night uh, when I realize the role I'm playing. I know, I knew nothing about titles. I, you know, Ontario, most of the Canadian jurisdictions, except maybe one, the vehicle registration is proof of ownership, right? That is the thing. So, so similar to the European model where there's no Yes, title. there's no title. Um, you know, the, the, the uh, ownership is, is a personal property issue. It's a separate activity. So vehicle, the registration is, is title. And everything else is very similar on, in terms of at the registration process. Again, renewals, registration, you know, um, types of registrations, types of renewal, you know, somebody's passed away, you want to transfer ownership, you transfer the registration. So very similar. Again, the fundamental difference is there is no title transaction with Canadian jurisdictions. I know sometimes I remember um, because of not being aware, some uh, transactions would happen in the States where somebody presents a title document from Canada. And that that's a folks in law enforcement call that a clue because there isn't a title document for Canada, but yeah, so that's the fundamental difference, uh, Ian. It would in fact be uh, title registration versus simply registration in the Canadian jurisdictions. Yeah. And yet we've heard not only in your in initial interest, we've heard from Canadian members over the years that they, they could see a potential value of some sort of connection to the Nimvitis platform. Absolutely. So in my time in Ontario, the years in Ontario, the Canadian jurisdictions have um, another system, they, it's called the Interprovincial Record Exchange, IRV, and that enables the Canadian jurisdictions to verify or validate um, vehicle title, um, right, gosh, my brain is registration information when a vehicle is um, goes to another, another uh, province to be registered or driver goes to another province to, to be, and get relicensed. So this interprovincial record exchange has been in place since 1986. It, it has been in place, and it, it again very similar to how Novitas is. It works. Um, it's seamless. It's all part of day-to-day -day transactions. So 
when I was in, when I first became involved with AMBO on the vehicle side and I heard about the Vitas and I said, it's a no brainer. These two systems should be talking to each other. Then we've got North, you know, you know, Canada and the U.S. covered in terms of protecting um, vehicle um, owners, you know, from potential fraud and, and unsafe vehicles. So that was kind of, as I said, the thing that was in my mind. Um, I still, it hasn't happened yet, Ian, as you know, um, not for lack of trying, um, but it, it continues to be something I think uh, we, we, we should explore. It is a little bit more complicated than it should be, but it, again, it's the nature of federal legislation. Um, there are some challenges with regard to uh, Canadian jurisdictions participating in Vitas um, that are beyond the scope of uh, simply a, a technical connection. There's there's more involved in the process. Sure, it's never yeah. the, the technology is never the barrier. It's always it's the, the problem. And this is it's not the, the problem. The issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, but it definitely it, it's on. It, it you know every year I say maybe this year we'll will we have some sort of success. Yeah. But again, it, it just makes, it's a no-brainer. It really sure. is. Like, and so much so, you know, we already, we there's already a bridge between yes. the AmvaNet platform and yes. the IRE platform that's used on the driver licensing side. Absolutely. Yeah, hence the no-brainer. The technology isn't the <laughs> issue. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's the, uh, some of the other challenges with regard to that. Oh, well. Maybe send a note to your to the the new CEO. Maybe they can uh, make, it a <laughs> make it a priority for you. So, uh, lastly, Vivian, let me let me ask you because I'm curious at a personal level. Of course, you, you spent time in Canada. You were an active member. You were drawn to come to the Ambassade. You're not a um, Canadian native. I am not. I'm not. I am um, originally from the Twin Island. Um, nation of Trinidad and Tobago. We're just off the coast of uh, Venezuela. Um, my family migrated to Toronto when I was 12 or 13. Um, my parents were both um, educators um, in, in, in Trinidad and my father decided that I'm going to try North America, um, in particular Canada. He thought Pierre Trudeau the current prime minister's father was an inspiration because at the time it was Canada's a melting pot, come bring your culture. Um, so my father left, he retired, my mother retired from, he was a principal, my mom was a vice principal and said, yep, we're going to go to Canada with our last three children. There are nine of us. I won't even get into that. Wow. So, that sounds like, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, um, so the the, la, the youngest three, myself and my two brothers, were bundled up and we were we, we were transported to Toronto. Um, it was interesting. Um, my father went back into teaching. My mother said she had enough. Um, so uh, when I started school, for those of you who don't know me, I guess I'm tall for the average person, woman. Um, but I, I guess equivalent my age and whatever. So I was, I was put in 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 Canada. I was put in a couple of great grades ahead of myself for whatever reason. Because I, I don't know. I think the education systems are a little bit different. Mm. But um, you know, grew up in Toronto. Um, went to school in Canada, um, in the north, further north than the north. And um, yeah, we don't live. Most of my family actually still lives in Toronto. Um, 
when the opportunity to come to Anvil um, came up, it was really a leap of faith. And you know, it's interesting at the time, as we've talked about, I worked with the Ministry of Transportation and I they were so gracious uh, with me at the time because they said, I don't know if I'm gonna like it. So they, I was given a, um, equivalent to a two-year leave of absence to explore. Wow. To, 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 I don't know if I can say this officially online. It's okay. They'll, they won't mind. But I was. It's been long enough. The, the folks who, who gave me that grace have uh, since moved on and retired. But yeah, so it was interesting. And so part of my decision, Ian, to consider this position was, yes, the position was interesting. But also, too, at the time, the president and CEO of AMBO was Linda Lewis Pickett at the time. And I was, um, it was 9-11, AMBO started to evolve into this national leader, and Linda was leading that charge for the organization. I thought, wow, I think, of what a, I wonder what that would be like to work with somebody like that. And I was also intrigued with how the the structure of, of the relationship between um, states uh, and the federal government and how the DMV functions because I, I had knowledge of when a governor changes, a bunch of things change, right down to the level, operational level in certain states, which is so not what happens in Ontario. Like there might be a change of government, but there's a certain level of consistency Right, right, right. So that thing, and I was curious as to how how does that work? Like, how do you how do you move things forward? So again, it was a slightly you know chaotic thought process, but yeah. So those were the things that kind of interested me in a position, and I thought, let me go try. And if I don't like it, I you know have the option of of, of cutting and, and returning back. But here I am, um, 19 years later, I'm still here and still enjoying uh, enjoying uh, the work. So happy to be here. That's great. That's great. Well, Vivian, thanks for spending some time today to chat with me mm -hmm. about your role, a little bit about your background and your story. Uh, it's been great to uh, talk to different members of our team as part of our little sub-series of Behind the Curtain during our 90th anniversary year, which is soon coming to, to an end uh, at yeah. the end of 2023. And I guess you, you've been here for, I guess, now 19 of the 70 years. Which, Absolutely, uh, it's amazing. Of course, interesting enough, you know, I think maybe only puts you close to the top third of 10 million <laughs> employees of the organization. It's quite an extraordinary list of folks that have been here for, for yeah, a while. No, it's, been, it's been good. I guess the time just goes by, Ian. Um, you too will, you know, if you haven't realized that the time yeah. just, when you look back and you go, really, that long? Yeah, yeah so. Yeah, it doesn't feel that long, right? It doesn't, it really doesn't. I mean, there are days when it, it, it does, but mostly, mostly it doesn't. It's, uh, it's yeah. a, it, again, Amber's been great to work uh, for and work with. Um, so I've really had the blessing of two really wonderful careers, first with the Ontario Ministry of Transportation and here at Amber. So I'm a lucky duck. Well, we're lucky to have you and we're appreciative of you spending some time today with us. Thanks. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you all for listening this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com 
and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify.